Welcome back to the Gentle Counselor podcast. My name is Crystal and I provide online resources to support the mental health and well-being of parents and children. For those of you listening to this episode right now, this episode is going to be a little bit different to what is typically on the Gentle Counselor podcast and that is because back in October we had World Mental Health Day and I had some lovely friends come together as guest speakers in a private group called the Aussie Mums Mental Health Virtual Event. So the format of the episodes are going to be a little bit different, but you're going to hear back the replay of my interview with the amazing speakers on a variety of topics. So stay tuned for these episodes because they're packed full of goodness. So Sarah is from Miko Blue Tiny Living, and she's going to be talking to us all about how to free up mental space and when we were talking about ideas for her topic she said the the phrase mental space and I was like I love it let's talk about that because I haven't heard that phrase before but I like the sound of it <laughs> hello hello it's working yes <laughs> how are you I'm good I'm good good so I was just um giving a little bit of an idea of what we're talking about tonight, because I was mentioning how when we were talking about our topic, uh, you said the phrase mental space, and I really liked the idea of that. Like, I haven't heard that before. And so for those of you that don't know Sarah, Sarah is really passionate about helping families find simplicity. Um, and she believes that uh, living life with purpose and intention can be done through following a more simple, minimal, and sustainable lifestyle. Um, and I love following Sarah and watching everything that she shares because it's something that I feel like a lot of us need to start incorporating into our lives. Not that we have to do it perfectly or one week and look different for everyone. Um, but I'm excited for us to talk about it a bit more and why we should be thinking about this. And I love that you use the word incorporating there. Cause I think that's key. Um, yeah. So I'd love to touch a bit more on that as we go through the conversation, but great. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for coming on talking to us today about this. No problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. <laughs> so um, let's talk a bit about how do we know? So if someone's watching and they're not sure if they could benefit from living a more uh, simple or minimalist life, I'm not even sure what term you like to use for that. Um, but how do we know if we could benefit from this? So um, the question that I give people to sort of think about it is so it's not about me saying hey you've got too much stuff and you need to deal with it the question that I ask people is how do you feel when you walk into a room how do you feel when you walk through the front door how do you feel when you walk into your bedroom or the lounge room because um, what you should feel is your home should be somewhere that is your sanctuary and it's where you have joy and you have your hobbies and you have your family and it should be your safe space so if you walk in the door and you feel heavy and you feel like you're drowning, that probably says you need to shift some things. So for me, um, this is where I came to the point of realising that we needed to change some stuff for us. Um, I was fairly new mum. I had PND and some existing PND. So for those that don't know, I actually um, lost a baby at 28 weeks and then fell pregnant six weeks later with my oldest who came 10 weeks early. And so 
all of that happened in nine months and then there were seven weeks in the nursery and I had PTSD as a result of that. So there was a lot of pre-existing stuff that I was dealing with, very new to being um, a new mum. And at the time we were living in a house that was five bedrooms, three living areas, two and a half bathrooms, and it was huge. And I could never catch up. And I can remember walking through the front door and just feeling like the weight of everything we owned settled on my shoulders. And it was like the walls were closing in around me. Mm. And I liken this to, I'm a bit of a Star Wars fan. (laughs) So I liken this to the scene when they're running away from the stormtroopers and they jump into the rubbish compactor chute and they land and there's rubbish piled up against the walls and all of a sudden the walls start closing in around them. And that's literally what it felt like when I walked in the front door. It was just like everything closed in and I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was drowning and I could never catch up. And I can remember just breaking down crying and going, I can't do this anymore. I finally get one area dealt with and looking respectable. And I realised that it's 7.30 at night, no one's had dinner and I haven't done washing for three days. Like it's not working. Mm. So that for me was the start. It wasn't about... any research I read or anything like that. It was about how I felt and my ability to cope and going, okay, we need to change this. So we sat down and we talked about a whole bunch of stuff and what we came to was what we were doing wasn't going to sustain us. It wasn't going to get us to what we wanted to go. And we had to deal with not being able to keep up. And so we got rid of all of the, um, the crockery. It all went in a cupboard other than one set each. Our wardrobes all got thinned and all of a sudden it was like I could breathe because it mm. didn't take me an hour to clean up after dinner anymore. It took me about 20 minutes and it didn't take me five loads to catch up on the washing. It took me two because we physically couldn't go past like two loads because we didn't have that many clothes anymore. Um, and all of a sudden it was like I could breathe again. So mm. that for me was the start. So when someone says, you know, why should I try minimalism? It's not about, well, you have too much stuff and you need to deal with it. It's about well, how do you feel? Yeah, it's about um, what is that stuff? And, and we yeah. use the word stuff because that's what it yeah. is. What exactly. is that actually doing to you on a deeper level? Yeah. yeah, that's it. And look, I think it stems from, so I read um, some stats a little while ago um, and it, it blew my mind. So the current stats that I've got, they're American, so they're not necessarily Australian, but honestly, I think they're probably pretty close. The average person sees between 6,000 to 10,000 advertisements a day. And when you think about psychologically, what an, advertisement, yeah, what an advertisement is designed to do is to tell you that something is missing and that you need to fill it by buying something. Something about your life is not good enough the way it is and you need to fill it with something else Mm. so subconsciously six thousand times a day we're being told that we're not good enough and we need to bring something else into our lives Mm. we need to add something we need to buy something we need to change something so subconsciously and that like that blows my mind and no wonder Um, like how you were phrasing it like you feel suffocated imagine feeling one way and then something pops up and it's like you need this and then you feel a different way or the same way and it's like you need this you need this you need this you need this and you've got all this nonsense and all this noise and it's not actually helping what is the this part and I mean there's so many different ways you could unpack what could be going under the surface for someone and like you were saying for you it was that sort of that final traumatic moment almost that happened for you that you were just like okay that's enough like 
something needs to give. And I'm actually so impressed that you were even able to recognize um, that something needed to change in your life. And mm. yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually know that about your story. And so, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It's, um, it's definitely been a journey and this is like, this is something that I try to be really transparent with mm-hmm. is, um, it actually took me a really long time to apply the word minimalism, minimalist to myself. I was like, oh, well, I, maybe I'm not good enough to do that yet. Or maybe I'm not, you know, my house isn't clean enough yet or tidy enough yet. And I've been really transparent with people about showing people that just because I aim to live with intention and just because we apply the principles of minimalism doesn't mean that my house is perfect all the time, you know, because it's, it's a journey, it's a process. And to me, minimalism is a tool. It's a tool mm. to help us identify um, what adds value and purpose and joy to our lives and then silence some of the rest of the noise and give ourselves that space. Cause so one of the other statistics we have found was mind blowing is the average household has over 300,000 items in it. And when you think about every single item we own <laughs> needs somewhere to belong, it needs a little bit of maintenance yeah. or we need to put it away sometimes. Or when we rearrange the furniture, you know, we need to move everything and unpack it all. Um, every item of clothes at some point needs to be washed and all the dishes, you know, so every single item that we own takes up physical place, but it mm. also takes up time. It takes up our energy, physical energy. And it's that emotional that we were talking about as well. So when you're looking mm. around, every single thing we see takes up some level of mental and emotional energy in our mind as well. So what I found was when we got rid of some of that, and I'm not saying got rid of it all, I'm not saying my house is perfect, but when we got rid of some of that excess, suddenly I had some more space in my mind again. You know, I had some of that mental mental clarity again. I had some more mm. mental space because we got rid of some of that noise that was there all, all the time. Yeah, and it's something that I feel like I've been trying to apply in our life a lot more as well. And I even put up a post just the other day because I was trying to tackle the kids' toys. And I took a photo when it was at its worst because I had taken mm-hmm. everything apart. And I was like, why <laughs> we have so much stuff? Like, it's so ridiculous. And um, I said to my husband a while ago, what I should do is do a reverse cull and just set aside the things I know we want and don't look and just, like, get rid of the mm-hmm. rest. I feel like is a, almost a better way to approach it. Um, Definitely. Because when you think about it, you're going to – when you look at the list, you're going to have such fewer things on the things that you actually like, that you actually really enjoy, that you really want to keep. And then it really sh- highlights that huge list of just all the other stuff and the noise that is really cluttering and even if it's not your forefront of your mind it's taking a toll on you and like you said it's energetically Mm -hmm. draining it's mentally draining it's emotionally draining and -hmm. for me it was even realizing all those little things in the house that were annoying me like whether Mm -hmm. it was an unfinished project or just something that was super cluttered or things didn't have a place and so they were just like wherever they landed And it's like, that's something so small, but it was just annoying me. Like just having that little annoyance every day. And that's ridiculous to live like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had to get really good at that, asking ourselves about those little things. Is this valuable enough to be here? Because so we stumbled into minimalism, right? And then there was a whole bunch of other things. We sat down and we looked at our goals and where we really wanted to be. And this idea of tiny houses popped up. And so we actually DIY built our own tiny house on wheels and it was our full-time home for two years and we're not in there at the moment 
but you can imagine in a 7.2 by 2.4 space, we have to be very mindful of the actual physical space that every single item took up. Does this deserve to be here? Is it adding enough value to our day that it deserves to take off this physical footprint? Because space was, you know, at a premium, (laughs) you had to be pretty, pretty um, mindful of what was coming through. Um, Yes, yeah, and so, we don't need that much. We really don't. No. And I was even so, talking to who was it earlier? I can't remember now because I've, <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people today. But one of the earlier chats, we were talking about even like the hospital bags, and I was mm-hmm. sharing how with my first, I had like three bags going to the <laughs> hospital, and I have no idea what was in those things or what I ended up using mm-hmm. because I ended up literally just being like topless anyway because I had a baby on my boobs the whole time, and like that was it. And so for my second, when everyone was asking me what I was going to pack or whatever, I was joking, but also serious. I was like, all I need is my boobs and nappies. And like, even then I think I was using cloth at the time. And I was like, that's all I needed. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't need all this other extra stuff that I was told I needed. Or I think Jamie made a good point. She's like, don't download all those Pinterest lists of all the best prams, all the best cots, all the best whatever million things. Uh, because like some, you can just keep it simple and... Yeah. Like, we don't really need all this excess stuff in our way. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so Rachel's just commented that she's loving this chat, by the way, and she uh, mentioned that her pantry is annoying her at the moment. Um, and I love watching shows on Netflix. I think The Home Edit is the newest one, and it's just so I satisfying. I actually haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> they, they do a really good job and it gives you a little bit of a poke, doesn't it? It's like, oh, I want to do that. Yes. But it is still a lot of stuff. And, of course, mm-hmm. some of these people have, like, ridiculously sized mm-hmm. homes that are huge. I have heard and, that, actually. Um, I love the tiny homes. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so fascinating how people can live that way. And it's actually one of my goals to either do, like, a little camper van or a little bus or something and mm-hmm. just, like, live in that and, like, tour around Australia or something. Because I think that would be an amazing experience. But also um, I like to think about like how you're saying, like, you got to think about what matters to you. And for me, it would be because I wouldn't be wasting my time on stupid washing. <laughs> like, because we know with kids, you clean up one mess and then you turn around and like 10 more have been made. And you're like, what just happened? And I look forward to the day that I don't have to worry about that. But I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea to just downsize and just get mm. rid of the things that you don't need. And like, the toys was a good example of that. I didn't need all those toys out for the kids to just dump a box and have a million different things come out. And what's that teaching them? You know, it's not teaching them to be mindful of their surroundings either or intentional with their toys. So my, um, the conversation I have with the kids on a regular basis is I don't mind mess and I am definitely not a one toy out at a time parent. Um, It was actually something that came up in a homeschooling conference while um, I went to three years ago and one of the things I said was the creative genius happens when two mediums meet so when the lego meets the um the animal toys Mm, or you know that's that's when the creative genius happens so I don't have a one toy out of at a time rule Mm -hmm. but what I say to them is life is messy play is messy I don't mind the mess but we're a family so we help put it away and so we've got to check in before morning tea, before lunch, and then before a movie goes on in the afternoon. And we at least put away the bulk of the toys. You know, it doesn't get perfect again, but we at least put away the bulk of the toys. Um, So it's a conversation around, um, I don't mind the mess. I don't, I'm not, 
asking you to play without making mess. We're just going to check in and put that game away and then you can start again. Like, And that's so, so good because you're role modeling that to them. Then mm-hmm. they're going to understand what it means to be doing that as well. Um, and yeah, since we're on the topic of children, what is the impact that you see this having on children growing up in this type of environment? I think um, from both sides of the spectrum. So if we think about every single decision that we make uses up a little bit of our, a little bit of our energy, you know, a little bit of our momentum. And so every time we pick an outfit and we work out what to drink in the morning and we have a breakfast, you know, they talk about that as decision fatigue. And so at some point we hit decision fatigue and we've made all the decisions. Kids do the same thing with toys. They walk into a room and Mm. they see 50 different toys and they go, oh my goodness, I don't even know how to make this decision. They get decision fatigue and they shut down. So there's actually a whole bunch of research. I think the most recent one came out of Cambridge University, I think. Um, But there's actually a whole bunch of research and they've looked at kids playing with heaps of toys and with very few toys. And what they've actually found is that kids play longer Mm-hmm. They play better, as in they engage and they experiment more and they apply all those STEM skills. Um, and they actually tend to fight less mm. when there's fewer toys. Um, I've so witnessed from... that with my children as well. Yeah. Yeah. And look, even I need, sometimes need the reminder and I'll look around and go, oh, they're fighting lots again lately. Hmm. Actually, we've recently been given a bag of toys. Or... And I can see the patterns. And even if I didn't notice it at the time, if I step back and go, they've been fighting a little bit more than usual lately. Oh, okay. They got six new dress ups the other day, given mm. to them by a grandparent or something, you know, and that, and that'll be, um, that'll be the trigger. And all of a mm. sudden they've got more choice and they just don't quite play as well together again. So yeah. I think. Um, and then there's both sides of play that comes into that. You yeah. don't have to have a thing to represent everything. Um, I think it was it's Amy from from Growing Kind. If anyone knows her, was talking mm-hmm. about the other day. And then I was like I said the other night, um, going through all the kids' toys. And then I left out some blocks. And then my son came along the next day, and he picked up one of the just a wooden block. And he went horsey, and I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> I was like, that's what yeah. you're talking about. They just like pretend it's a phone or whatever they're going to do. And in that moment. He just decided to make this block a horse and he was playing in that way. And I was like, that's what that is all about. We don't have, I didn't have to give him a horse toy in that moment. He was able to use his imagination and just play. Mm. Yeah. So definitely. So I see from both sides of it, when kids have so much stuff around them, it can be actually hard for them to learn and engage in all these different Mm. skills because everything is, overwhelming and overstimulating and sort of done for them um from the other side of that when kids are given the opportunity to experiment with less and live with less Mm. they tend to play better they tend to enjoy playing outside a little bit longer um so neither is necessarily wrong neither is necessarily bad or right you know it's just um when we give kids the opportunity to maybe try playing with less we actually open up a whole new world of options for them Mm. And there's all that development that's happening under the surface as well. Um, you know, like all that brain development that's happening, all the neurons connecting. And, and, and then for me as a parent, it's really enjoyable to watch them engage mm-hmm. in that sort of play as well. And um, that following day, once I had gotten rid of a bunch of stuff, I even felt that sigh of relief of, oh, okay, like 
I'm not feeling stressed watching this right now because I can see that they're making a play mess, not a ridiculous mess where every single like box was tipped out. And so for me, then that has an impact on how I'm parenting that day or Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling that day because I'm not getting worked up worrying about the mess and all this, my running to-do list that I constantly have in my mind. And I'm sure this is relatable to a lot of people. I know I'm not alone in the constant struggle, like feeling like you just can't get on top of anything. Um, And then when it comes to things like the house being tidy or the toys being tidy, then we have that responsibility that we also need to be mindful of the space for our children because they don't get a choice or a say in it yet. So we do have to keep that in mind as well. There's a, there's a really cool quote and I I can't remember the exact wording or who it's by, but basically the crux of it is that boredom is essential for innovation and for invention. So when we give kids that space to actually have to think and experiment, we actually give them that gift because when they don't have that chance, they may never get to sort of develop that sort of thinking. Mm. And it's embracing those, that moment of stillness. Like we wouldn't necessarily call it as an adult that we're bored because if anything, most of us enjoy ha- having a moment of peace to sit. But that's, it's the same thing. We might not label mm-hmm. it boredom for adults, but it's about having those moments of stillness and calm um, to be able to just let your mind wander or, you know, like your best thinking can come from just being still for a moment. And that's what even why people like doing meditating, for example, because um, it gives your body a break to calm down. And so then your brain and like everything's able to relax and kind of get back into like a natural rhythm. Yeah, very mm. much so. And so for people watching that are really interested in making some changes, what are say like three easy steps that um, they can take right now or changes they can make right now? Yeah. So the first one is actually um, a different way to think about things as opposed to something to do. So one of the things that was really essential for me, so as we downsized from such, we went from the five-bedroom house into the tiny house, by the way, that was the transition. It was five bedrooms into the tiny house. And even though I knew we had to downsize so significantly, I can vividly remember walking around the house and going, I don't know what to get rid of. What's left? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to get rid of. And it was like I had this tick list of, you know, what to get rid of for the day in my head sort of thing. And at some point I couldn't see it anymore. And what was the most essential change for me with thinking was instead of looking for the things to get rid of and subconsciously I was trying to work out what I could go out. Mm. I swapped that to identifying the abundance of what we had. Well, what do I need? What's valuable? what makes me happy, what brings me joy, what adds purpose. And all of a sudden, instead of being in a place of lack and coming Mm. from that lack mindset, we came from it from an abundance mindset. And we could see our our abundance of blessings. And it was so Mm. much easier to pay that forward to someone else when we were sitting in a place of gratitude and abundance and just seeing that we had more than we needed. So it was it was such a simple thing. Instead of looking for what to get rid of, we looked at what to keep. And this is exactly what you were saying before, you know, I, I almost need to do a reverse cull. That's exactly it. So there's two ways to sort of help you get that mindset happening. Um, sorry, two questions. So my first question is, if you were given five minutes 
to get ready to evacuate. For whatever reason, you've got five minutes. What would you grab? Mm. Because that will show you what is really important to you. It won't necessarily show you what makes you happy, but it will show you what's important because you know if you've got five minutes, you're going to grab the really essential stuff. So that will show you the essentials. The second question is, okay, you evacuated and something terrible happened and now the insurance company needs to know everything that's in your home. Mm. What do you remember enough to put on that list? Because they're going to want a full inventory, right? So what do you remember to put on that list? And chances are if you can't remember it, it probably isn't making you happy and it probably isn't important. So if you can put it on that list, well, then it's probably important to you and it's probably valuable to you. So that's two questions you can ask yourself to help you get into that mindset of, well, what's actually wanting to stay? What do I want to keep? I'm seriously going to go and do that after this chat because (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking, and my first answer was like nothing. Like I actually can't think of anything really important other than like my phone. And that's because there's photos on here or something. Yeah. Um, And the insurance one, that's such a good point. Because I remember even doing the forms, I was struggling to remember what we even have and what the value is of the items in our home. And there's so much more yeah. than what we think there is. Like you were saying with those statistics, like what did you say? 3,000 items or something 300,000. 300,000. Oh, 100,000. 100, 100. Oh, my gosh. It's a, just a ridiculous number. Um, but yeah, you know, anyone who's moved house regularly will know that they've got to do an inventory too. Oh, so you can yeah. sort of approach it in whatever mindset you want um but if you can't actually recall an item to put on an inventory well maybe it's not that important Mm. um so my second tip is to look at what is consuming all of your time with housework so um the current statistics say that the average mum is spending between 16 to 25 hours on housework a week that's ridiculous that's like a that's a uh, what is that like part-time job hours or something yeah yeah and um the statistics actually show that that number doesn't actually go down that much when the kids move out we get so no used... <laughs> yeah um but we can change that we yeah. can change that we can actually have a conversation about changing that and learning to live with less um so if we look at what are the areas of housework that are using up the most of our mm-hmm. time if you can reduce how many dishes can go through the kitchen sink, you actually reduce how long you're going to be spending cleaning up the kitchen at the end of the night. If you can reduce how many clothes are in the wardrobe, you actually reduce what is coming going to come through the weekly pile of washing, yes. which ends up sitting on your couch while you fold it sort of thing. Yes. Um, so if you can look at the areas that consume most of your time, so for most mums it's going to either be laundry, dishes or toys. They're mm-hmm. going to be the three areas that typically take up the most of mum's time. Mm. It's completely different to what most other people who talk about decluttering advocate. They'll normally either start with clothes or they'll start with the smallest area like the bathroom. For me, what made the biggest difference was giving that time back to myself because then I had time to work on the other projects and the other, mm. um, you know, the other decluttering projects and whatever else I wanted to work on. Um, yeah, because so you're not focusing on the things, you're focusing on like the time, like what does that mean you're going to gain back? Like you were saying, like swapping yep. it around. And I was already noticing me having resistance and you saying these things. And I'm like, oh, getting like the dishes, like won't that make me work more? But then it's like, but try it. Like we, you do not know this way of living until you actually try it. And we're not saying 
go and throw it all in the bin. I mean, if you really need to baby step it, just chuck it in the garage. And mm -hmm. I already know that this is going to happen. You'll be surprised at how quickly you forget about it. Mm. And, and look, I'm not saying it. don't entertain anymore either. You know, if you want to put an extra set of crockery in a back cupboard or in the garage or in the top of a high shelf or something, go for it. I'm not saying don't entertain anymore. Um, we've currently got, we've actually got a little bit more than we used to because we've now got a side plate as well as a main plate. <laughs> so we've now got two plates and a bowl um, and the cutlery. Um, and that's, that's working really well because it means we can do breakfast and lunch and do dishes after lunch and then have our dinner. And that's working really well for us. Um, but I know we used to have, we probably had six bowls and about 10 plates in the cupboard, yeah. possibly yeah. more than that. Like that was just the dinner plates. That wasn't even side plates or anything. And honestly, we could use them all before we got around to doing the dishes like seriously as, that's my life yeah. that's what we're yeah. doing that as well I'm I'm not kidding I'm going to make some changes after this conversation because you've already you've already given me a lot to think about like I already thought I was doing some of these things and now you're like calling me out without calling me out <laughs> um just give it a go yeah. um so yeah so start with the areas that you're spending the most time in and you'll feel that quite quickly. You'll feel that mm. difference. Um, test it out. Um, and my third tip is to have a step back and look at what is coming in. Yes. So that might be having some conversations with yourself around saying no to buying stuff or to accepting freebies. That yeah, ours has been a big change in just saying no to people yeah. wanting to give us their stuff all the time. Yeah, setting some boundaries. Um, it might be that you notice that you're quite prone to buy a bag full of stuff at the op shop because it's cheap, even though you don't need it. So maybe you need to have a boundary with yourself about how often you go in or having a list of what you're looking for or shopping on a secondhand site instead. So you're not seeing all of the extra mm. stuff when you walk in the door. Um, maybe, you know, whatever it might be for you, have a little bit of a look about what's coming in. Cause the thing is that decluttering, isn't actually the answer. So decluttering is just removing the excess stuff. Mm. But if you're not actually making any changes to what's coming in, it's just going to yes. be a forever loop. You're never actually yes. going to finish that process. Yeah. So I love that you I'm talk not... about that because that's what we forget. That's like the missing factor because stuff will just keep coming in if you've got the mm -hmm. same habits that got you there to begin with. And what that's we right. started realizing, and my husband picked up on it before I did, is look, we get the kids happy meals every now and then. Um, and the toys that come with that, mm -hmm. or even going to birthday parties and the, the lolly bags or whatever come back with toys. And for me, um, I, sometimes I get stuck in thinking, oh, but the kids like playing with that. But then it was taking a step back and accepting it's okay if they just want to play with that in that moment and that's it. And they got over it. Yeah. Like it's had its time. Goodbye. It needs to leave this space now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I can remember feeling quite frustrated about 12 months ago within the minimalist community because I saw a whole bunch of people come in and feel like they couldn't measure up because their, their walls weren't white, the decor didn't match and their house wasn't perfectly style, perfectly um, tidy. You know, it wasn't, mm. it wasn't white walls and matching decor and they didn't feel like they belonged. And so they left mm. and I got, a bit cranky and I went on a little bit of a rampage and wrote a big blog about it 
because like this is what I said at the start is to me minimalism is just a tool mm-hmm. um and so it's okay if you never completely finish that cycle and you always need to come back and do a little bit of a declutter that's okay and we're still at that point as well you know we're still at the point of checking ourselves and going hmm okay there's a bit of stuff that came in that we didn't really even notice came in birthdays happened the kids grew they got new clothes you know that sort of stuff mm. okay if you need to do that um, but the more intentional we can get about what's coming in the less often you're going to have to do that and the smaller that project is going to be it's no yes. longer going to be this thing that feels really big it's going to be coming back to areas and checking in with okay well there's now a box and a half of dress-ups rather than a box so let's get rid of six things sort of thing. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's, it's no longer having to actually go through the entire thing and starting all over from scratch. The more intentional we can get about what's coming in and the more aware we can be get, we can become of the messages we're given to consume to start with, yes. the easier that process is going to be um, mm. and the easier it's going to be to apply, to like apply those tools. That's such a good way to put it. And I know even like just when I think about how much change you go through when you become a mom and when you have children and how quickly time can fly and that's where it accumulates so quickly. And like for me, even like my body changed and my size changed (laughs) and then I was still having clothes in my wardrobe that were far too many sizes too small that predated having children. And it was like realizing how um, on autopilot we can get to when it comes to things like clothes Mm -hmm. and you automatically reach for the same things that you're always where and you kind of forget that the rest exists and you're not even using yeah. it and so it's like having those kind of cues all those moments to think okay while I'm here like what do I need to look through right now and yeah, yeah I like to use cues and um like Christmas coming up mm-hmm. I always try to think what can we get rid of because I know we're probably going to get some new Christmas toys or or as the kids get older and their development changes or whatever it might be um and yeah, just being like keeping it at the front of your mind as much as you can and just being a bit more intentional with everything. That's right. So I think um, I think the average female, I don't know how the statistics compare for a male, but I think the average female only uses about 20% of their wardrobe. Um, <laughs> and the rest ridiculous. of it, like, yeah, and the rest of it, like you said, you know, we just don't reach for it. But I think the other thing there is that sometimes stuff is hard to let go of because we yes. put our identity in it. Yes. It's it's formed this picture of who we were or who we want to be. And mm. it can be a bit of a mental struggle actually letting go of this thing that we've put our identity in. But the thing is that that, that item, that dress, that book is not actually our identity. Your identity is in you yes. and it's in your belief system and in your values mm. and in the relationships that you have. That's who you are. That's who you are. It's not actually, um, you know, the book that you you know you'd take a lot from but it's been sitting on your shelf for three years and you know you're actually never going to read it. That's actually not part of your identity. <laughs> the dress that you fitted five years ago is actually not part of your identity. Mm. So... You know, and sometimes that can be interesting just to step back and realise that we can pick the item up and we can look at it and then we can put it down again and it's actually not part of us. It's actually not part of our identity. And that can sort of help with that process of being able to let things go and give ourselves some of that mental space pack and remind ourselves of who we are and Mm. sort of take a bit of strength from that. 
That's beautiful. I love how you just put that in. I think that's also part of like what I bang on about all the time, which is like your healing journey. And Mm -hmm. that comes into it as well, especially when we become mothers and some of us grieve, like we grieve for Mm -hmm. that past life. We grieve if we feel like we have regrets or if we wish things were different or whatever it might be, you know, Um, and depression does that. Um, I was talking Mm -hmm. to someone a while ago and they were comparing, they were like, depression is about you reflecting on the past and anxiety is about you reflecting on the future. And I was like, okay, great. I'm, I'm right smack bang in the middle of that. And so that's where a lot of stuff can be dredged up as well. And you don't even realize it. But then, like I said, if you're not aware of those clothes, they are actually um, in your mind, even if it's not at your conscious level, there's something in you that will still recognize that that's there and that that's attached to that negative feeling or negative memory. And that's still impacting us as well. And yeah, like you, like you said, right at the beginning, it was all about what is or isn't energetically draining on us. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can see Debbie's just loving this conversation. She's getting so much out of it. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, there's the comments. And if you're watching this live and if you have any questions, feel free to pop them down below. Or if you're watching this as a replay, still comment along and ask any questions. And Sarah and I will make sure to come back to check that we haven't missed anything. Just checking now if there were any questions. There's a whole bunch of comments, which I'll come back to later. I was just looking for any... um, questions okay no questions at the moment cool i'll come back to the the other comments later though i'll come back on later tonight and say hi to everyone thank you so much for coming on live today sarah and sharing your wisdom with us and i love how you keep it real though like i like that you say but i'm not perfect at it like i'm still working on this part or whatever and it's okay it's okay Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to look a particular way for everyone. Yeah. So can you tell us where to find uh, where to find you more as well so people can go and stalk you? <laughs> yes. So I'm on all the platforms is the same at Miko Blue. Uh, sorry, Miko Blue Tiny Living, um, except my website, which is MikoBlue.com. Um, so you can find my blogs there, but everything else you'll find on Instagram and Facebook. And I've got Pinterest boards as well. So if um, you're looking at clothes and you're looking to – um, build a capsule wardrobe, which is essentially just a small wardrobe where everything works together. Because I don't know about you, but when I first called my wardrobe, I realized that I had about five different t-shirts, which only worked with one pair of pants. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, actually been exploring looking into starting yeah. a capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Such a good idea. I've got, I've got a whole bunch of boards there. I've got a board for mum and for dads and for kids. So hopefully you'll find some ideas. And remember that um, templates are only a guideline you know you're on your own journey mm-hmm. you there's no rules about you can only have 50 books or you can only have three saucepans or you can only have five t-shirts it's your journey and your priorities um so just remember that the guides are only there as a guide it can give you some prompts though for um ideas of how to structure things and put things together amazing thank you so much again no Sarah. Problem.